my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Will Lucas from Black Tech Green Money. Did you know this podcast was nominated for an NAACP Image Award? Well, we are, and I need your support. The NAACP has opened up the opportunity for the public, that means you, to weigh in and vote on our category. And the opportunity for you to vote ends this Friday. 
So head over to vote.naacpimageawards.net, scroll to the podcast and outstanding news and information podcast category, and vote for Black Tech Green Money. It's not often that we see a podcast for us, by us, which highlights the stories of black innovators, technologists, venture capitalists, and angel investors, scientists, and engineers with this big of a spotlight. So I'm asking for you to take a moment out of your day and vote for Black Tech Green Money. Do it now. Voting closes this Friday. Every every employer is pretty much dropping the requirement to have a college degree. There's nonprofit organizations like 110. I think Sukanta's in the audience. Shout out to 110. All these Fortune 500 companies are dropping the requirement to have a college degree because since the pandemic hit, 1.4 million people have stopped going to college. And that enro- those enrollment numbers are dropping. And the reason why isn't because college isn't important, but people are starting to shift towards an outcomes-driven education model. And it's not just about did you graduate and get a certificate, did this education get you a job? I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. Afrotech 2022, Austin, Texas. Our very own Taryn Padre is on the main stage at Afrotech talking with Ruben Harris, who's co-founder and CEO at Career Karma, and Sydney Sampson Blackwell, an engineer who came through the Career Karma programming about how to better prepare ourselves for the changing demands of the workforce. Career Karma is technology which helps match students with educational opportunities like boot camps, so we're better prepared for product and technical careers. Let's listen to the discussion. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Taryn Powdrell. I am the Director of People Operations for Blavity, and I'm really excited to be here with Ruben and Sydney today to talk about reskilling and breaking into tech. Um, so we have a lot to cover. We're going to jump right in. Um, so Ruben, can you start with just giving us the backstory on Career Karma? For those that don't know, what is Career Karma and how did it come to be? Yeah, so Career Karma gives product-led career guidance for people or for workers that are seeking skills, peers, coaches, mentorships, uh, job opportunities, but even ongoing career training after they're employed. Um, it's a product that we wish that we had when we were breaking into tech. Uh, when we realized that you can get jobs that pay six figures without going into college, um, that was pretty interesting to me. Um, before Career Karma, um, everybody wanted to break into finance. So there was things like breaking into Wall Street, um, mergers and acquisitions. And we started a, a podcast called Breaking Into Startups. Um, and, and that's how it all started. It's the product that we wish that we had when we were breaking into set. All right. Um, and Sydney, I know that you actually utilized Career Karma to break into tech yourself. Uh, can you tell us about your backstory and what led you to Career Karma? Perfect. Hello, everyone. So I'm Sydney from East Oakland, California. Uh, I have had a long life. Um, I feel like my life is long. I feel like I'm an OG already. I'm only 24. I've been taking care of myself since I was 16. So the last eight years have been some of the longest, most hardest and challenging times of my life. But now I'm here. So, um, yeah. So I think back in 2019 is when I fell upon Career Karma and I met Ruben. And up until I found Career Karma, I was outside doing DoorDash, uh, delivering for Postmates, delivering for Instacart, Caviar. Um, every single app that you can think about to make money in the Bay Area, I was doing it. And I needed to figure out, you know, how can I use my skill set, my entrepreneur mindset 
to, you know, get to a point where I don't have to work all the time. I can smile, you know, I can wake up happy about going to my job and I can do things that not only motivate me, but motivate other people. So, right, I think the day when I found the Career Karma app, I was actually working as a CNA. <laughs> so I went from delivering, you know, delivering food and to working in the hospital as a CNA. And I was just like, this is not it. I'm not happy here. I got so much more to offer to the world and I just wanted to figure it out. My friend sent me the Career Karma app. I downloaded it and I've been with Ruben ever since. All right. So I know that squads are a core component of what Career Karma offers. Can you tell us about squads? What are squads and why are they important? Yeah, so there's a, there's a few things that are important in, in career karma. So uh, when someone like Sydney comes to career karma, they're they're looking for new skills, and the problem is is that there's thousands of job, job training programs that exist. So the first thing that we provide is matching. Um, so talk about that in a second. So after we match you to a program, um, that can be very overwhelming because um, as you're trying to go through interviews, it's hard to know you know what to ask in the interview. Um, it's hard to know who else in your neighborhood in, in East Oakland um, is actually going through this process as well. So uh, rather than putting you into this huge network of thousands of people and the app, we actually focus on small groups. So the short answer is a squad is a small group. We actually connect you to peers, coaches and mentors in, in live audio rooms. Um, and so what a squad is essentially is a peer group of people that are enrolled in job training programs that help you stay psychologically motivated while you're enrolled going through a program. And Sydney actually created one of the first squads in Career Karma uh, so that um, after they graduate, they could also find jobs since most jobs are offline and come through a referral. So this peer group stays with you during the program. And then also when you're looking for a job, they let you know about opportunities that aren't on websites. Okay. And what would you say are some of the core skills that you would look for in a squad mentor? Like what makes a squad mentor impactful? Yeah. So there's a, um, the squad concept also was inspired by uh, this concept called the Moai. So it's a really good article in New York Times called The Power of Positive People. And so um, it's about Okinawa, Japan, and it's where women live the oldest in the world. And the idea is it's easier to go through life if you have a safety net. So as a squad leader, you're someone that essentially is going to make sure that you hold it down for your people no matter what. If they have a question, if they're, they're seeking guidance, you're going to look out for them. And in order to do that, you have to be a very good communicator. If you're having a hard day, you still have to be able to put a smile on your face and make sure that they stay motivated as well. Um, you have to make sure that they're not just connected to educational resources or financial resources. You might have to help them find housing or financial, um, innovative things like that. So th those are some of the key elements right there. Okay. So that's a good segue. Sydney, can you tell us about your experience forming the squad that you formed and how that impacted your experience? Perfect. So as I mentioned, I started in Career Karma, I think it was May of 2019. So I remember the first day I downloaded the app. It's so much going on. I'm hearing all of these tech topics, stuff that I don't know, you know, what is going on? What is this? What is HTML, right? What is JavaScript? Um, like, what is all of these things? And it didn't make sense to me. So Ruben had this thing where, you know, we can all go to a live Zoom call 
we could connect with other people all around the world who were also interested in the same thing. We connected, shared our stories, and I was like, all right, boom, I got my squad. I'ma call my squad Young and Ambitious because we're all young and ambitious, striving you know, to change the world. And I think one of my first members is in the audience somewhere, Miss Danielle Madri. Woo! Shout out to Danielle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we formed this group together back in 2019. And I think as of right now, we're hitting about, we're a little over 30 jobs right now that we have landed across our squad. Um, not only do we help folks get jobs, we help folks level up at their current job. We help folks pass their interviews. We do resume reviews. We do open source projects. Everything you can think of to level up, break into the industry, or get to the next level. My squad is doing it right now, and we've been doing it for the last three years. I mean, name some of the companies where people got jobs and what roles they had. So, boom, I'm at Accenture. Um, I think the first job Danielle had, she was at GitLab. Um, my sis Lanice was at Nucella. Um, I got two people that got hired at Lowe's. Um, I got another guy, uh, a couple people that was at Twitter. Um, we we just be all over the place, right? And when people see YNA walk in the room, they know who we are and they know what we stand for. That's amazing. Um, so, Sydney, can you talk to us about how having this squad impacted your experience as you went through boot camp? Like I said, the boot camp was very hard. And it was like if I didn't have my family, to me, I don't know how I would have made it. Like, there were many nights where a lot of us were trying to pass projects or trying to pass labs. We didn't know what to do or we would get into, you know, come into a roadblock. And I had some of my YNA folks that would be online all night. So it'd be like 12 midnight and I'm posting the Slack channel. Yo, <laughs> I ran into an issue. This project is due tomorrow. Who can come online right now and help me out? And I know that there's been several people that we didn't stayed up all night working through errors together, working through bugs together. And now like crying together. Exactly. Exactly. We cried. Some of us wanted to give up. Um, I remember during the boot camp, I think in the beginning, we were all like, we can't do this. <laughs> this is too much. Multiple times. Yeah. To quit. Yeah. And Ruben was like, y'all started this for a reason. Like y'all got your family, like y'all not doing it by yourself. So if you have a friend, you have a community, it makes it a little bit easier when you run into those bugs because you got somebody to lend on. Yeah. Okay. And uh, were there any particular skills that you felt like translated well from your prior experience into the tech space? That was me. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I think one of the main things that helped me get to where I am now is that I've always been an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since high school. I started building businesses in high school. I think the very first business I built was a cleaning company. And I was 16 and 17, cleaning houses for software engineers and data scientists in San Francisco. And I was just like, okay, I have all of these skills. I know how to run a company. I know how to you know, manage people. I know how to manage teams. Now I need to bridge all of those things into what I'm doing right now in technology. Quick question. Did everybody that get those jobs, did they all go to college? Nope. Oh, yeah. I didn't go to college either. I think I I was in the middle of my college degree when I found you. And I started becoming a career coach at Career Karma and realized that 
people that, not saying that college is a bad thing. I'm not going to tell y'all that because I want everybody to get educated. I want everybody to do what's for them, right? But for me, it was a lot going on. I was working three jobs and trying to go to school where when I found a boot camp, they like, okay, you can do part-time. You can still keep your jobs. We ain't asking you for no money. You don't got to pay no tuition. We want you to learn these skills and get a job. And when you get a job, then you can start paying us back. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, that's a great pivot point because I want to talk a little bit about what's going on, you know, kind of more at the macro level. Um, so there have been a lot of shifts in the post-secondary education market, particularly in the last couple of years. Um, can you talk to us about that, Ruben? What's going on in the post-secondary education market? Yeah, I mean, you, you've heard Sydney talk about boot camps multiple times. And like she said, it's not just about boot camps versus colleges. Um, there's a really good article called uh, the post-secondary education market is unbundling. So there's, there's boot camps, there's colleges, there's corporate-led courses like Google certificates, there's non-degree courses like eCornell, there's massive open online courses like Coursera. Um, but everyone, every employer is pretty much dropping the requirement to have a college degree. There's nonprofit organizations like 110. I think Sukanta's in the audience, shout out to 110. All these Fortune 500 companies are dropping the requirement to have a college degree because since the pandemic hit, 1.4 million people have stopped going to college. And that enroll, those enrollment numbers are dropping. And the reason why isn't because college isn't important, but people are starting to shift towards an outcomes-driven education model. And it's not just about did you graduate and get a certificate. Did this education get you a job? Sydney's been talking a lot about boot camps. Boot camps pioneered short-form, outcomes-driven education that is relevant for today's student. Most students aren't 18 year olds. They're 25 to 35 plus with kids that can't go to school full time. So even if you make education free, you actually can go to school. So you need part time self paced options. But most schools aren't free. And so there's a lot of innovation happening with how you pay for education. So Sydney was able to take advantage of something called an income share agreement. There's things like deferred tuition. But these days, there's now employers that are paying for your college and on-the-job training is starting to be a big deal. So long story short, um, the education system will continue unbundling. It won't just be everything that I mentioned. There will be individuals training uh, people, um, launching their own courses. Um, there's organizations like Reforge and OnDeck that exist. Y Combinator is an education institution. So um, that optionality, those thousands of courses are going to also create uh, more difficulties in choosing where you want to go to school, which is this process by analysis, which is why matching to the right education matters and why one education system won't train the entire world and why you need some, some, some kind of uh, directory. Yeah, so there is a lot of opportunity then for people who are seeking a post-secondary education. How should people be strategically thinking about how they invest in their education? I mean, I think it's really important to understand, like, why are you signing up for education? I think most people that are uh, going to school, and some people will disagree um, with me on this, and that's okay, um, is you're going to school to get a job and, and more money. Um, and for a lot of people, even after they graduate, whatever they studied in, they're actually not using it in their employment. And so if I were you and you're trying to figure out where you want to go to school, I would ask them, how many people have gotten jobs in the role that you want? Um, do they have an online or 
uh, part-time self-paced option. This is really important because some people will say online education isn't for me. But after the pandemic hit, the remote work genie came out of the bottle. I mean, 20,000 people are here at Afrotech. So shout out to Afrotech. But for the last two years, this was all in the metaverse, right? That's what helped it survive. But now employers have to provide either fully remote work options or hybrid remote work options. So you actually don't have a choice but to learn how to work with other people online. So if that's going to be the case and people are always going to be learning, then you should probably find to learn. You should probably learn how to learn online because at some point in your life, you're going to be educated in that way, in my opinion. Um, Third, I think it's important to find a cohort of people that are like you that are going through this as well, because you're not always going to be able to cry on the shoulder of your teachers. Like you'll be able to ask your teachers questions, but also your teachers might have limited amounts of time. And especially as the world becomes more global because of remote work, you're not going to have that peer group of people that are going to help you along the way. And then finally, you have to decide that you really want this. Because I promise you, if you're trying to do anything that's hard, you're going to feel like quitting and you're going to have to psychologically push yourself to go through this. Career navigation isn't about education. Career navigation is about psychology. So you have to decide first today. All right. Well, Sydney, can you tell us about some of the factors that you considered when you were weighing your options around post-secondary education? Definitely. To me, it was all about my future. Um, And it was like, I can either keep doing what I'm doing now, keep stressing, keep working hard, keep working two to three jobs, or I can imagine life 10 years from now, imagine, you know, the house I want, the family I want to build, Um, Imagine just getting up, going to go clock in to work, you know, having stand ups, then going out for lunch, being able to run like we don't get those things in these, you know, regular jobs, these regular nine to fives working labor jobs. You don't get these luxuries. Right. Like so the fact that tech, it gives you that opportunity like to do things that you've never been able to do before for your family. Like right now, I finally got a house. I never had a house growing up, you know? Like, it feels so good. It feels so good that when I get paid, I can pay my bills and I don't have to worry about, okay, let me pay this bill or let me eat Top Ramen for the night. You know, I don't got to worry about those things because tech put everything in a place for me. So you got to think about yourself. You got to think about what you want. You got to think about your life 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now. Like, you got to think about that. What do you want? Who do you want people to look at you as? What do you want people to look at you, you know, when you walk in the room? Like, all of that matters. And to me, like I said, I wanted to live luxury. So, baby, I had to go get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Ruben, can you talk to us about the role that employers play? How do they fit into the post-secondary education ecosystem? Yeah. I mean, I'll take a, a step back and talk about the segue into employers. So, I mean, before I mentioned career karma helps job training programs find qualified applicants. Uh, we have about two and a half million people a month that come to us looking for career advice, mostly women and people of color. And um, what's interesting about this whole phenomenon now is that employers themselves want to take an active role in people's education. Um, Sydney talked a lot about 
um, the luxuries that education provides. And there's a lot of fear in the market right now, a lot of layoffs. There's, there's a recession that's coming. Um, but what a lot of people forget is that benefits were introduced during the Depression, during the, the, the Roosevelt era. Um, to compete in the market. And so there's healthcare benefits, there's 401k benefits, but there's also education benefits. Now, pretty much any employer can actually pay for your education. You know, the GI Bill, which is available for veterans to pay for your education, existed. So there's things like ISAs and deferred tuition, but I know where Sydney works and at a lot of employers, they will actually pay for your education. So there's actually a, a whole movement of people that are just going straight into education and the employer will either pay for your skills training or your college education there's a whole big phenomenon called um stackable credentials so sometimes you can choose to do a boot camp and get college credit and if you want to advance to do college you can and so uh now career karma is starting to work with employers um providing product-led career guidance for employees that want to continue up-leveling their careers um, and, and figure out how to get all these point solutions that they've invested in to talk to each other and really manage that experience end-to-end. And why do you think that employers are kind of moving in this direction of like pivoting away from kind of the more traditional educational benefits and going more in this direction? My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a cool stat that I just learned. So 50% of babies born in the last decade are going to live until 104. Fifty percent of the babies in the last decade are going to live until 104. What does that mean? Is that means that we're going to switch from a three-stage career where you go to um, school, work, and retire to you know 50, age 50 being the new 30, right? So you're going to actually be working longer. So you're going to go to multiple schools and multiple companies in a lifetime, or if you decide to stay at the same company, you know, you saw what happened with the great resignation. This is a weird recession where there's still a lot of open jobs, there's a lot of employers here that are hiring heavy, but they're also focused on retaining you. Because like, like Sydney said, a lot of the employers want to take care of you and you can't take care of your people only by paying them good money because you can get good money wherever you go. Right. So um, because technology is changing the world so crazy, Um, the skills that you have will get outdated. I think the half-life of a skill is like a year and a half or two years. So employers are really getting active in providing ongoing training to their people, but also community, right? One of the early elements of community inside of companies is ERG groups. There's a lot of ERG groups represented here, and I think it's one of the biggest, like, examples of kind of a squad inside of a company that exists that, isn't fully leveraged as much as it should be or it could be. Um, some people do this well. I mean, even when you have large employers that are not thought of as tech, tech companies like a big bank or a big logistics or trucking company, they're investing heavy in technology. But if you're heavy investing like driverless cars 
or in electric cars or in robotics in a warehouse. What happens to all the other people? You know, you guys heard Mark Cuban yesterday talking about cost plus drugs. You saw big pharmacies investing in digital, shutting down their retail stores. What happens to their people? Right. So for us, if you go to careercombat.com slash enterprise, you'll see it says every company is a tech company. Bring your people to the future with you. The way to bring your people to the future with you is by investing in their education because all of us are students and you need to always be learning. Um, all right, Sydney, is there anything that you would want to add to that just from a perspective of why is this important for employers to do? Yeah, like. I know right now, like I said, I'm a software engineer um, at Accenture, um, and Accenture is very much invested in us, right? Like, we are their product. So if they can't, you know, sell us and sell our skills, they don't make money, right? So ever since I've been there, I think I didn't got like two to three certifications in the last year. Uh, for the last two months, I've been working on Google certifications, AWS certifications. Everything they send me in my email, I'm signing up for it, right? Because what company do you know that's that much invested into their people? We all, day by day, you know, are trying to figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to feed our families? And then we finally get that job, and a lot of us like to take a break, you know? We think just because we got the job that... We're here. We don't have to keep learning. We don't have to keep getting upskilled and getting certified. And that's not true. So if you feel like that you got your job and you feel like you made it and you can sit down, you should move over for somebody else because you're wasting time, right? Like you're there and you have these companies that are invested in you. The world is moving. Like he said right now, you know, we're about to go into, you know, a recession. People are getting laid off. So why would you get hired at a company and choose to just sit down? Why would you choose to not keep learning, you know, keep getting educated, keep trying to reach to the top? You know, when I sit in meetings at Accenture and people are asking me about my experience and who I want to be, I'm telling everybody that's at the top, I want to be like you. I want to be running, you know, the company. I want to be sitting next to Julie Sweets in a few years, you know, like I want to be at the top. So show me what I got to do to get to the top. If I got to do two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten certifications a month to get there, then I'm going to do it. It is what it is. But you got to want it. You got to be hungry. And I think that's one thing that set me different when I came to Career Karma because I came hungry. I came ready to win. I came ready to take over. And, yeah, my brain is filled with knowledge and certifications right now. <laughs> Well, speaking of being proactive, if you're at a company that doesn't offer these kinds of benefits or programs, what are some things, Sydney, that people can do proactively kind of on their own to... Come join YNA. <laughs> there we go. There's, there's, there's an option. Um, what are some things that people can do on their own to advance their skills, find mentorship um, outside of a more formal program? I would say the number one thing is to find your community. Find your people that you want to sit with, that you want to win with, that you want to be great with, and you guys come up with a plan of how you guys are going to get there. My entire squad, we all went to boot camp together. The majority of us went to Flatiron School because we said that we didn't want to do it alone. One of us got enrolled, and it was like a boomerang effect, right? After one person got enrolled, the next one did, the next one. And then I remember at one point, it was like eight of us in Flatiron School at the same time in different cohorts 
but we were all able to, you know, pivot off of each other, help bouncy ideas off of each other and still help each other. So the number one thing is finding your community, finding the people you want to eat with and you want to win with. And then from there is now, you know, maximizing the opportunity. See what's hot in the market, right? See who you want to be. If you're somebody right now that's a recruiter, right, and you're seeing all of these, you know, other black engineers becoming engineers and you're trying to figure out how they're doing it, go sit down and have lunch with a black engineer. See how they got to where they got. See what they're doing to keep their job and see if you can even just, you know, get 10 minutes on their calendar a week just to talk to them and see what's that life like and how you can get there. But if you don't take that initiative, you're going to be in that position or wherever you are stuck forever. You got to be the one to take that leap of faith. And if you want to find that community and you want to get those skills, just go to careercomer.com slash apply mm-hmm. and we'll connect you. And then after you do that, find YNA. <laughs> All right. So, Ruben, I want to talk about another player in the post-secondary education market. Um, can you talk to us about the public sector and how they fit in? Yeah, um, I think the public sector actually fits into also what you can do if you're working at a company. So if you're at a company that isn't paying for your education, there is a tax code that exists, a tax code IRC 127. So pretty much every employer can pay for your education. It's, it's uh, $5,250. Um, it'll be tuition reimbursement, which still requires you to go out of pocket, but they will pay for education. So you can talk to your HR team and say, hey, do you offer education benefits? No. Well, I mean, can you, you know, follow this tax code RC-127? You can actually do this. Um, there's also a bill uh, called the Upskilling and Reskilling Act coming out to, to double that amount as well. But a lot of employers are moving towards employer-funded education because most people don't have that money in their pocket to be able to do it. Uh, so they'll pay for it up front. So a, a quick way to do this action item, go to the HR team, tell them this, and, and we can figure it out. Going back to the public sector, um, the public sector puts more into uh, workforce development than the private sector ever will. Um, you know, if you look at Job Corps, you look at GI Bill, you look at even just the funding for college, it's mostly coming from the government. I think student loans is like, what, $1.7, $1.8 trillion now. Um, but it's clear that this has to change. That's why you're hearing things like student loan forgiveness. You're starting to see these big, like I think it's National Apprenticeship Week this week. Um, but a lot of these initiatives from the public sector are very low volume. So, you know, you're not going to really move the needle with like, 50 or 100 people we need thousands of people we need millions of people like we want to have a billion people in the next 10 years and so long story short i think that if um if employers provide if the public sector helps provide incentives for employers that want to invest in the education for the employees and for the people that they want to attract that's going to be really important another thing that the employers can do is like really embrace uh technology training provide free online wi-fi access uh give devices to people we actually have a campaign powered by the kpoor center so shout out to kpoor capital K- mission free to kpoor uh they actually uh we actually have employers that donate laptops to us um and we give them away for free to people that want to enroll into boot camps she actually got a laptop so that's that power her two laptops actually so uh if you all want to get laptops we'll give away laptops for free but i think the public sector can help a lot and do a lot and, and doing things like that yeah that's great it's good to know um, all right. So I do want to get into some actionable advice in a minute, but before we do that, 
Um, would love to just kind of hear what's next for both of you. What can we expect to see in 2023 and beyond? Um, so we'll start with you, Ruben. What's next for Career Karma? Yeah, so our big focus right now is just really working with employers on on that product-led career guidance, that this career management for employees across all levels. So if you are an employer that's here, and you're part of an HR team, and you are really thinking about internal talent mobility, uh, building out external talent pipelines by offering um, education benefits and thinking about coaching and mentorship, we would love to speak with you. Uh, so that's careercomer.com slash enterprise. And then always we're, we're forever going to be focused on serving people. So if you are someone that's looking to break into tech right now, just careercomer.com slash apply. We were initially um, expanding into higher education. Um, we are still working with uh, higher education institutions, but really focus on skills training. So a lot of these educators are are launching these these boot camp formats that are stackable credentials. So we're not necessarily matching people directly to college. So if you want to get a job in a year or less, come to us. If you want a job in two to four years, don't come to us. I'm Will Lucas from Black Tech Green Money. Did you know this podcast was nominated for an NAACP Image Award? Well, we are, and I need your support. The NAACP has opened up the opportunity for the public that means you to weigh in and vote on our category and the opportunity for you to vote ends this Friday. So head over to vote.naacpimageawards.net, scroll to the podcast and outstanding news and information podcast category and vote for black tech green money. It's not often that we see a podcast for us by us, which highlights the stories of black innovators, technologists, venture capitalists, and angel investors, scientists, and engineers with this big of a spotlight. So I'm asking for you to take a moment out of your day and vote for Black Tech Green Money. Do it now. Voting closes this Friday. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, 
further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, in my, um, I guess I would really say that over the next year, I'm going to be working a lot, not sleeping. Uh, right now, YNA is building an open source project. Um, so I told you guys, we work on upskilling and leveling up. So I have a lot of people who come to me that are either already working or they're in career karma right now, trying to go through a boot camp. They need to get their skills because they never had a job in tech before and they their resume is shallow, right? You need that experience on your resume. So YNA gets you that experience. You come into YNA, and like I said, you can be a recruiter, you can be somebody, you can be a data engineer, and you want to learn software engineering. So I'll put you on a team, you know, with the developers, and you'll start right then and there learning how to code or learning a new technology that you never learned before. We also have a project management pipeline. I'm building the DevOps pipeline right now. Um, so everything that, you know, you can see yourself doing, you can come to YNA and make happen. So our plan is to launch our first MVP for our project next summer. Um, right now, I think we, we started for Hacktoberfest. So it was a month long of October hacking, um, stuff getting broken, 
people messaging me at night, like, you know, yo, Sid, I need you to come fix this issue. Um, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, but I love those things. I love those things and I love them a lot. And I think from what I'm doing with YNA, and then also, I didn't tell you guys, I also manage a store. Um, so I print and design clothes in Stockton, California. And my company is called Ship Tech Prints. You can learn more about us on shiptechprints.com. And right now, my priority is to amplify Oakland. I want to get, you know, all of my babies out the streets. I want to get them involved in tech. I want to get them jobs. I want to teach them entrepreneurship, teach them how to run their own company. So from now until y'all next time y'all see me, that's what I'm going to be working on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm inspired. I can't wait to see what you both do um, in the next year and beyond. So let's talk about some calls to action here for people who are looking to reskill, upskill, maybe leading changes within their organizations around education. Um, so first question, um, we'll start with you, Ruben. What are the top three skills um, that you would recommend reskilling or upskilling in to gain a competitive edge in tech? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how many people listen to Naval, but Naval uh, has a great podcast and he has a really good uh, thing called How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. Um, and he says, if you want to learn two things, so if you learn how to code and you learn how to sell, you're unstoppable. So I think the quickest way to break into tech, if you want to be technical, is learn how to code. And if you learn how to sell, you'll never go hungry. That's the first two things. Um, but the last one that I just said um, is tied to both of the other ones. Um, the third skill that I think everybody should master is communication. Communication is not just verbal communication. It's not just written communication. It's how to speak emoji, emoji meme, GIF, um, especially in the remote work world. Like one of the biggest things that I'm still learning as a leader is uh, the value of communication. And um, as an engineer, if you want to get promoted, you, you're not going to get promoted from just being a great coder. It's going to be your communication skills, the way that you manage, the way that you, you organize projects. So really mastering communication is the, is the third thing that I would say is key for everybody. That's great. Thank you. Sydney, anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I would say that I have some skills that I want y'all to learn um, that I feel are very marketable right now. And like I said, considering that company to company, right? State to state. We got layoffs and it's my, my people getting laid off, you know? Um, and I feel like not only do these skills help you, but my number one is always entrepreneurship and building your own brand, right? Like just imagine as a collective, if people started forming squads and forming groups, you know, and they started coming together, building their own companies, hiring their people, hiring their friends, hiring their family. And we don't have to worry about people getting laid off, you know, and doing certain things. So my number one, besides like leveling up yourself and building your own personal brand, stay in what's hot in the market, right? Three things that's hot in the market right now is cloud, data science, and Python and DevOps, which a lot of people don't know that DevOps is becoming very, very, very popular right now um, just because of how much DevOps has changed things, right? Like I've worked on projects where we didn't have any type of DevOps tools in place 
And there were certain things that took hours to do, you know, took hours to figure out. And as simple as adding a DevOps tool in there, you can automate something in, in minutes, in seconds, right? So to the crowd, I, t I would tell you guys to go learn about the cloud, go get certified in the cloud, um, also get skilled, you know, in data science, AI, Python is taking over right now. And then the DevOps will be the takeaway. Well, one other thing related to this is I remember when you first joined, um, and we're talking about uh, personal brand. A lot of people were very shy about social media and putting themselves out there. And they were just focused on resume. They didn't have LinkedIn profiles. They didn't have Twitters. And we would say, um, you know, if the your resume is essentially what pops up when people Google your name. Right. And so if you don't tell your own story, other people are going to tell stories about you. A lot of people talk about how every company is a media company. Every every VC is a media company, but every person is a media company. So you need to tell your own story. Right. And this is this is really important because people program computers and media programs people. Right. And so you need to take control of your own narrative if you want to really um, stand out in this world, in my opinion. OK, so. I want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the mental barrier component here. So, you know, for people who do want to put themselves out there, they want to reskill, upskill, um, but they're doubting themselves or questioning the timing. What's your advice to people to overcome that mental hurdle? Um, so I think, first of all, the way you frame uh, imposter syndrome, which is what a lot of people call this, it matters. A lot of people have different definitions for imposter syndrome. And my definition for imposter syndrome is when you are fully qualified to do something, but you've convinced yourself that you're not, all right? Everybody here is fully qualified to do whatever it is that they wanna do, but you're telling yourself that you're not. Something else that we used to talk about is how whatever you feel is weird about you, and it's probably your superpower that you want to double down on. So a lot of the things that you might be embarrassed to share about your upbringing and your story, you need to figure out how to double down in that regard. And when she talks about entrepreneurship or the project that you might be building while you're going through a skills training program, you're not going to just... The, the tech industry is interesting because every, every company is going into this hiring format where... Credentials don't tell you if you got a skill. Your degree doesn't tell you if you had a skill. Your output does. And a lot of people are going to have a project. We're moving toward project-driven res resumes. But the best type of projects are aligned with something that's personal to you and your life, right? And so you might feel like it's not right to talk about how you were a bartender trying to break into tech, for example. There's no shame in in any role, janitor, pick, pick any role, waste, garbage waste management, like build a, a project related to that and then apply to Republic Services or waste management. And now you're not a 14 year veteran of collecting trash, you're a seasoned logistics waste management expert that happens to know how to code. It's how you frame it, how you talk to yourself really matters. And, and, and now you actually have more to bring to the table than the coder that's never worked in the industry that you're trying to go to. I would say you need to weigh out your pros and cons and figure out exactly what you want to do, right? Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have people, you know, that get jobs, you know, and stay in one place. They don't feel like they want to level up and get to the next level. 
me personally, I know where I want to go and I know where I'm trying to get. So I'm always trying to do something to help me level up. You're your biggest critic, right? So if you're telling yourself that you can't do it and you're not good enough and you don't know how it's going to turn out, well, it's not going to turn out right, right? Because you're you already putting that in the air. So I always tell people and I tell people in my group to stay positive. You know, when we were all going through the job search, it was a horrible time. You know, like we all finished boot camps during the pandemic. And everybody was laying people off, which is what's happening right now. This was just two years ago when we were sitting at home. Everybody was getting laid off. We were finishing boot camp trying to get jobs. And this is when the imposter syndrome hit hard because it's like we didn't did all this work. And now we're here. We got the work to show for it and nobody will hire us. So you know what I said? Y'all, let's just keep getting skilled. Let's just keep learning. Let's just keep putting ourselves out there. Let's keep interviewing. Let's keep reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Let's keep meeting up with Ruben. You know, like, let's just keep doing all of these things because if we give up on ourselves, then why should anybody in the world take a chance on you? That That's real. Like, if, if, if you don't believe in yourself, how, how can everybody else, how can anybody else believe in you? The way you taught yourself matters. Like, something that we used to talk about a lot, too, is, you might feel like you're not you don't you're not an engineer until you finish the boot camp. But if you decided that you're going to be an engineer today, you are an engineer. Uh, think about it like music. I play music. So you might not be a greatest artist, but you might be a struggling artist or a starving artist, but you're still an artist. Right. So whatever you decide to do, that's who you are. And if you don't believe in yourself the interviewers are going to also see that fear. They're going to smell that fear. So you have to you have to talk to yourself in, in a unique way because something that Keisha from the YNA squad used to say is is words are spells. That's why they call it spelling. So talk, talk right. I love that. Um, all right. This is going to be our last question. So if you are sitting out here today knowing what a unique opportunity it is to be here this week at the largest black tech conference, um, what is one simple, actionable thing that you would do this week to maximize the opportunity? The opportunity here at Afrotech? Correct. Um, I mean, something that, that Sydney really emphasized a lot is this, the value of, of networking. Um, and I, I would also say the value of serendipity or, or randomness. Um, I think once you have intention and you, and you know where you're going um, and you believe in yourself, a lot of magical things happen if as as you go go around here so i would encourage you to have conversations with people yes with intention but really just to understand people's stories and so that you can help them with no expectation into of return a lot of times people talk about the emotional bank account and like putting deposits into people's emotional bank accounts so that they can make a withdrawal without a deficit i think there's value to that but i actually don't think you should fully think about it like this because when Sydney talked about that boomerang effect and just that good career karma that you're putting out in, into the into the ecosystem when you do that the the world is gonna gonna you, you'll never go hungry because people are gonna look out for you so if you haven't talked to somebody random i would encourage you to speak to at least five people today just to get to know them and see how you can help them in some kind of way without any expectation in return and i promise you it'll pay off it's a lot of people here right it's a lot of people here. You sitting next to somebody, is somebody behind you, in front of you, and on you know the right side of you. I think the biggest takeaway that you guys can do is form a group, form a squad, form a community, like or come join the YNA community. It's all up to you, you know. But these communities are very important. I think I heard you say something about an ERG 
at companies and how important those are. I don't know if your company has ERGs, but mine does. And ever since I became um, a leader in the ERG at my company, it has made me love work so much more because not only, you know, am I just going to work to do my project, I know that I have other people and other events to put on, you know, happy hours that I'm, you know, helping put on and other events in the office that brings people together. So you need people. Nobody can do it alone. Nobody can do it alone. Nobody can do it alone. Everybody needs somebody. So with all these people here, if you leave here without getting nobody's number or joining a squad or creating your own community, you sleep. Fast. And if your company doesn't have an EIG or an employee resource group, start one. I think that's that's very, very important because community is going to get you everywhere. Um, if you're going to multiple schools, multiple companies in a lifetime, we say networks, not credentials, move careers. So make sure you get part of the network. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan DeBon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Vanessa Serrano. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Share this with somebody. Go get your money. Peace and love. I'm Will Lucas from Black Tech Green Money. Did you know this podcast was nominated for an NAACP Image Award? Well, we are, and I need your support. The NAACP has opened up the opportunity for the public, that means you, to weigh in and vote on our category. And the opportunity for you to vote ends this Friday. So head over to vote.naacpimageawards.net, scroll to the podcast and outstanding news and information podcast category, and vote for Black Tech Green Money. It's not often that we see a podcast for us, by us, which highlights the stories of black innovators, technologists, venture capitalists and angel investors, scientists and engineers with this big of a spotlight. So I'm asking for you to take a moment out of your day and vote for Black Tech Green Money. Do it now. Voting closes this Friday. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen wolf And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, 
what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.